Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very happy to have Adrian Moy with me today. He's been on my show for several times now. <laughs> yeah, it's just incredible energy, awesome feedback after we publish our episodes, and lots of wisdom that Adrian has to share that is uh, very valuable in my opinion. Today we're going to talk about sex versus love and how maybe we experienced love and sexuality in our past and why we feel there is a need to talk about this right now. Welcome to the show, Adrian. I'm so happy to connect with you here with your beautiful energy. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope you've been well and uh, thank you so, so much for making the time to be to be with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Aurora. It's wonderful to be here again. Mm. Always a pleasure. Um, and yes, our topic today is sex versus love, um, but also love and sex. And the topic has been very sought after since we mentioned it in some of our other podcasts. And many of the people that have been tuning in that are in my circle are very excited to hear this. Mm. And I think that excitement comes from um, the standpoint of love. You know, everybody wants love. Everybody wants more love in their life. Um, from the heart of all hearts, any person on this planet wants love. And I think it's very important for us to distinguish why we're having this topic today, the difference between sex and love. And when I first brought it up to you, I think the expression that I said was, sex is not love. And when you just say that phrase, when I've said that phrase to other people, their ears perk up. They're very interested in that. Sex is not love. Um, you can experience love through sex, But it is very important to distinguish the two because what happens is in the realm of sexuality, it can limit love. And so love is our main focus. Love is something that I believe is ever so most important in this day and age now more than ever. Mm. When we see everything that happened in the world with COVID and people having to social distance and not touch each other, and quarantine themselves, it, it made it very clear how separated we can be from each other. And, and separation, just in the physicality standpoint, um, was a very big window into, okay, where else, where else are we separated? We're separated emotionally, intellectually, societally, Uh, from each other. And when you, when you have that big separation, that very obvious separation, especially with COVID, you know, many people have experienced this, this great, loud, uh, what's the word I want to use? A very great, loud clarity on how little love they have in their life. So some people, like you and I and others in the world, had noticed, okay, This thing showed me how separated I am from my fellow human beings, but then even for myself, like 
all right, now that I realize how much more I want to connect with people, what type of a connection do I want? Well, I want a love connection. I think even before COVID started, people wanted love connections. There are songs about love. There are ballads about love. There are poems and plays and dramas and books and movies and TV shows all revolved around love. There are greeting cards. Love is a very beautiful thing. Love is something that everybody wants. And a lot of times people can misconstrue sex for love. So that's what we're talking about today. Like people want to have love in their life and sex a lot of the times get brought and in, gets brought into the picture of like, okay, if I want to have love, especially when it comes to an adult and when it comes to affection with another adult, sex can get in the way of love. And so we wanted to find that difference. And it is very important because love in its purest state is its own concentrated energy form. Um, and sex is a different thing from just the core energy vibration, the core understanding of love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say a little phrase here. And if people aren't experienced or knowledgeable in geometry, they can Google this. And I would recommend that to google it to give them a visual aid but i like to say it like this when you look at sex and love it's like a square and a rhombus a square can be a rhombus but a rhombus can't be a square so without going too much into detail people who don't know that visual aid google it square versus rhombus you'll get the image same thing with sex and love sex can lead to love sex can express love but sex is not love love is bigger than that um So first, let's just start with what is sex? Sex is something that it's a physical expression that you share with someone. Now, let's say outside of a committed relationship, you want to express your greatest expression. You want to express out to someone how much you appreciate that person, how much you, I'm going to use the word, love that person how much you want to experience with that person. So emotionally, you will love them. You will have an intellectual connection with them. And then now you want to share intimacy and affection on a physical level. You can love your child. You can love your grandma. You can love your brothers and sisters, your mothers and your fathers. And that's all pure love. But when you want to open up yourself on a physical sexual level, that's an entirely different aspect of love. That is a world where, for the most part, is used for procreation. Sure, plain and simple, we're going to procreate and create a new life form. But if you look into what that does, uh, I like to take it very um, magically and, and look at it very energetically. What you're doing when you're having sex with another person is you're opening a portal. It's like a ceremony that doesn't require um, certain symbols or candles or things. It's a birthright. It's a ceremony that opens up a portal to bring another soul, another spirit, another consciousness onto this earth plane. And so that act of sex is a very sacred ritualistic ceremony that literally opens up a portal to a gateway to bring another human life form onto this planet, onto this dimensional plane. When you think about the concept 
concept of that, opening up a portal and doing the ceremony is a great feeling. It's a really good feeling. It's yummy. It's uh, full of ecstasy and eroticism and passion because you're performing something of great substantiation. You're, you're doing a ceremony that's bringing another life form onto the planet. So there's big energy there. And, and it's not only just on an emotional level, it's on a very physical level. So that to me is why sex feels so good because you're doing like the highest of high ceremonies that doesn't require tools or extra stuff. It's just your natural birthright as a living being to perform in this thing. So it feels really good. Well, people love really good feelings. People love good feelings for their body. You go and get a massage. You eat food that tastes great in your mouth, like strawberries or cake or coffee, whatever it is. And you have that sensation in your taste buds. And as your digestion and the warmth in your stomach, that feels good. So you're going to want to continue to do those things. So that's the same with sex. You have this really great, yummy experience with someone. You want to have that. You want to do that again and again and again and again and discover how you can make it greater and better. Sex initially is for procreation, but comes with all this great effect from it. So it is very sacred. It is very energetic. It is very connective. You get very connected with people. So like I said, you can love people in your life, but you're not going to have sex with your son or your grandma or your neighbor. You're going to have sex with somebody that you're going to open up fullest to on an emotional and a physical level. So in the realm of sex, what people do is they start putting the idea of love into sex. Now, sex is this conduit to have this gateway to this love. Now what happens is people are looking at sex as that's where my love code is. And the reason that we're bringing this up is, like I said, because sex can lead to love. Sex can originate from love. But love is bigger than sex. So sex is not love. Love is there all the while. And what happens is if I wanted to love another person, like another adult, and I wanted to actually experience the true love connection that is available between us, a lot of the times people think, well, in order for us to do that, we have to be partners. Like if I'm going to love you fully and 100%, doesn't sex have to come with it? Well, no, it doesn't. So here's an example. If I see a lady and we become friends and I get very intimate with her, and intimacy to me isn't sexuality. Intimacy to me is getting very deep and very connected with someone, that can shy people away. Because the thought in their mind that I see time and time again is, wait a minute, we're crossing a line of just mere friendship and um, an acquaintanceship. We're going into the realm of like depth and intimacy and getting to know each other and getting very open and sharing the deep crevices of our emotions and our experiences in life. Well, I can't do that with you. I have a boyfriend or a husband. And then they'll stop that love code. They'll stop that availability. It's like you open this tunnel and they like chop the tunnel off because, wait, I'm only supposed to be able to share this type of intimacy with my lover. And they stop love from coming in because they get sex in the way of love. Um, and then the same thing, even more, is say another example, let's say I meet a woman and she is not with a man and she doesn't have a partnership that keeps her from opening herself up. If she's not sexually attracted to me, she'll also say, wait a minute, 
I can't get this intimate and deep and connected with you because I'm waiting for my Prince Charming. And I have to reserve all of this love attention that I have for the someone that I know is coming that I'm going to hand select that meets this criteria. Then I'll open up my heart and share love with that person. Again, that's where sexuality gets in the way of love. And, and why people do that, why people make sex love is because for some reason our society has taught us that that true genuine love has to be shared with the one. And people are looking for the one. And I think that oneness comes from um, the idea where when you are in a partnership with someone, when you're in a committed relationship, married, you have a lover in your life, that can get possessive, that can get controlling. And so your love partner will have this maybe unspoken, um, an unspoken expectation of you're going to get your love from me. This love, this pure love that we have, it's going to come from me. And that's also going to come in our conversation, in our company, in our sex, in the time that we spend together. And that is singular just to us. If either one of them in their relationship starts getting some love from somewhere else in their life, then their partner can become jealous. And they'll say, wait a minute. No, you can't go get love from neighbor Bob. You're supposed to get it from me, Jeremy, because I'm your love partner. It has to come from me. And then Susie's like, wait a minute. I love you, Jeremy, but I can still get love from neighbor Bob. That doesn't mean I'm going to have a marital affair or go cheat on you sexually, but that's the way Jeremy may experience that situation. He would, he wants to be her source for love. And his idea of source for love is he thinks that she's going to go cheat on neighbor Bob because she's getting love or she's going to cheat with neighbor Bob because now she's getting love. And then again, sex spills into the concept of love, but they're not the same thing. So partnerships are a big um, reason and history of where love gets cut off from us. Why we think that if you are experiencing love and intimacy on a very deep connective level with another person, that it leads into the realm of sex. And so now affection and intimacy have been kind of cast out from our society as a, as a humanity, as a culture, because that's where the whole sex thing gets drawn in. Um, where, in a perfect example, a story that you told me, a little child was at some public area and he hurt himself and this lady ran up just to coddle him, just to be affectionate to this poor little child who just got hurt. And without even thinking, she just kind of hugged him and his head rested on her chest now the mom comes screaming across the park, get your breasts off of my son's face. She turned it, the mom turned it into some sexual encounter as if the woman who was coddling the child had some sexual intention with this little child. And that's just one little example of how sex gets in the way of love. Love is so available for us all the time mm. in so many connected ways through conversation and relationship Yet we all steer away from love because love gets people very intimate. It gets people very connected. And the very first thing that people do is they think sex is involved with it. 
Yeah. But it's not. I think we are so, like our society is so love starved that yes. whenever something comes up that reminds us of love, we feel triggered now. And we're like, oh my God, it's right there. Someone else is getting it, but not me. Or I'm getting it, but I want to feel in control of it. Or it makes me feel awkward because... Now, all of a sudden, I'm vulnerable again. And um, this is why I believe it is so important to talk about it now, because like you said, COVID made it even more obvious and more intense. And now, once COVID is going to wrap up and everything is going to come to a new normal, let's do it differently than we did it before especially here in North America, where yeah. it's uh, physical touch is uh, even, yeah, very... Frowned upon, it's taboo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And coming from Europe, um, I can see it clear as day and, and I see people being depressed. I see people, um, but I cannot explain how it developed in in Europe differently than here. Like I know we talked about it on the first show. I think um, it is so tough to, to explain this, why on this other continent, physical touch is handled very differently and only be behind closed doors. And um, what do you think, let's say COVID is over like that whole quarantining lockdown is over in a couple weeks what would you I would. what would you love to see because we can practice already we can practice already in lockdown to be more affectionate with ourselves and then to to see affection towards other people differently uh, what would be your ideal and what would be your ideas on how we could shift society gently into that direction? Well, first I'd like to say what, what, what I would like to see. What I would like to see is people being more affectionate with each other. Affectionate comes with compassion, kindness, consideration. Yes. Um, all the virtues that I talk about all the time, forgiveness, patience, you open yourself up with such great admiration and appreciation for the people that are in the world that we live in and love follows suit. So uh, think about the love that you have for your lover or your child or your grandmother. It is what I like to talk about is unconditional love, love without condition. You don't conditionalize somebody with your love. To conditionalize someone with your love, which happens all the time, is to say, I will love you if. I will love you if. If you do this, or you act this way, or you fit my vibrational code, then I will love you. If you fall out of that vibrational code, I may or may not want to love you. If you're not this thing that I want, I may or may not love you. But when you look at a child, or a pet, or grandma, you love them unconditionally. You just love them. You know that sometimes they're going to challenge you, but in the back of your mind and after the challenge happens, the very next thought is, but I love them. I love them. And that's 
accepting people for who they are. And accepting people for who they are is being compassionate, is being considerate, it's being kind. And it's just appreciating them and what they are. Because if you wipe everyone off the planet and you are the only one there, you'd learn how to love yourself and you learn how to appreciate your existence. Now you speckle it with this 8 billion different flavors and varieties of people. Can you love all of those different types of people as well? You don't have to love them with a hang up and say, well, that person, I would love them. But since they're like that, I can't love them. It's like, well, sure. You still can love them no matter how they are. That doesn't mean you need to hang out with each other and have conversations that turn into arguments you know, so loving, seeing people to be more um, intimate and affectionate and kind to each other, to me, would be a great start to our society, opening up love from each other. And and along with that, too, like you said, what happens throughout all of our, what has happened throughout all of our history is that love is now triggered with fear and harassment and predatorial sexualization and soliciting lust soliciting sexuality the way it's done with men and women like throwing yourself up on stage and doing some bird dance to get people sexually involved with you because you want attention because you want to be told you're pretty because you want to be seen because you want love because you want to feel heard and seen and listened to and you want people to send back to you that yes you are beautiful yes you are heard yes you matter yes i love you in this world i love that you exist and that's that that it goes back to feeling loved feeling loved and so how to do that let's just start with relationships in a relationship marriage 50-year marriage partnership open relationship polyamorous or just single people dancing around, looking for love, and although maybe right or wrong places, when you get into a partnership, can you have a relationship where you're not controlled or possessed by your partner? Where you can still go out into the world and love anyone you want without the conditionalization of your partner being jealous or controlling about what you do and who you share your time and attention with. That right there is freeing love. And I've seen it both men and women. I gave you a couple of examples of how women were afraid to be intimate and share love with me because they had a boyfriend or a partner or a husband. Um, But it goes both ways. There are men, uh, a, a story that I've heard, I don't know them, but a friend told me there was a man who is so conditioned by his wife that he actually will not talk to women. If they are female, he will not make eye contact with them. If they approach him and talk to him, he will keep the conversation as short as possible because his wife has shamed him into thinking that if you are communicating or connecting with the female gender, it is a betrayal to our relationship. So this man, and he's been married for 30-something plus years, has now cut off communication with 50% of the population due to the insecurity of his wife. That's pretty severe, and that's not uncommon. Hmm. It can be that drastic. It can also be subtle, you know, like your girlfriend's going to go out with a bunch of her friends and then she's at a party and she meets some guys and she comes home and she tells her lover about this really cool guy that she met. He's instantly jealous. He instantly ruined her story for her. He instantly now has her questioning if what she did was okay to create a connection with another male. 
And so in the relationships, that's where love can get stolen because of that possessiveness. Because people think when you're in a loving relationship, when you're having sex with a person, that now means that you are conditionalized to me. Now, now that belongs to me. Now what you have is mine. Mm-hmm. We shared sex together. Now you're mine and I'm yours. And now we get to dictate to each other what we're going to be. Well, you can have a partnership, a sexual partnership with someone that should not stop you from being able to share love and intimacy with other people. That does not need to um, challenge the relationship that you have with your lover. But when you have insecure lovers, those insecurities are going to start drawing either spoken or unspoken boundaries. So the lovers really have to get in tune with their own security. They have to be really solidly grounded and know my lover can go and dance and sing and play and talk with whomever she wants. I don't need that to interrupt my security in our relationship. But it does happen. People do let that interfere with their love connection. And then they're like, well, you know what, honey, when you went out with those people and they were of opposite sex, a different gender, that made me feel challenged. So I would like it if you would not connect with them because that challenges me. Well, that's that person's insecurity. And then if they do that to their partner and then their partner agrees to that, they're now cutting love out of their relationship, out of their access to have love and intimacy and connection with other human beings just because they're having sex with this one person. That's why sex can limit love and love needs to be distinguished separately from sex. You can have a monogamous sexual partner or you can have a polyamorous sexual group of people that you're involved with. Again, love is on a different realm. Love is its own thing. And love needs to be considered and looked at and talked this about in your lifestyle as that. Get really clear with yourself what love means to you and then go out and find it and get it. But cultivate it within yourself so you're very clear on what you're doing. So if you're going to go out and, and open up love from yourself to other people, Whoever you engage with and whatever new encounters you have, make it very clear to them. I'm not here for sex. I'm here for love. And then let that be the foundation of the relationship. And then you can get really intimate and deep and very connected and very affectionate and very um, intimate, I said that twice, with someone when you made it very clear that you're not there for sex. So now, what does that look like? Well, I've had that experience. I've had that experience just recently. Any of my Facebook followers know this. I went on a road trip with myself, no family, no friends, just me. And there are people that I had met through Facebook because I'm looking to find really spiritual, wholesome, grounded, um, self-expansive, enlightening individuals through this social media network. And I did. And two of them were women. And they felt the connection just through the social media. And then just through our messaging interactions. And so when I told them I was going to be traveling and I was going to come through their neighborhoods, I said, I would love to come and connect with you. Now, these women were single and they were very happy to receive me. So I was like, this is really happening. This is awesome. You know, and I was like a little, not nervous, but I wanted to be very delicate with it. Like, don't scare the butterfly. All right. You want to experience love. You want to experience love with someone. So be really gentle with it, be very delicate with it, and be very intentional 
and sacred and clear on what you're thinking and doing. So these women invited me into their homes. And ultimately, I'm a strange man. But the connection that we created transcended Facebook and the messenger texting apps. And they just felt that connection of like, yes, Adrian is safe. Adrian is good. I can relax and know that he is safe and trust him. And so they allowed this experience to happen. They brought me into their homes. They fed me. And then we got to share love and intimacy. And that had nothing to do with sexuality. There was no erogenous zones. There was no advances of like yummy romantic, like, ooh, I want to get into you. None of that. We kept it on a very deep, affectionate, nurturing level, like you would with a child, like you would with grandma. And we set the stage for that. And the love that we shared was so pure and majestic. And we did cuddle and we held each other and we just kind of like hummed and breathed. And it was really nurturing and it was so affectionate and it was so natural. And it was so amazing to have that experience with women that were single. And we even said when we got to each other, like, just to make it clear, we're not here to have sex. And they're like, yes, that is correct. We're not here to have sex. And so we got to share true, pure love. So it is available. I experienced it. And then when we parted ways, we felt so dreamy, so yummy. And we were texting back and forth like, I've been smiling for the past three hours since you left. Because we were like lovers. We were like lovers. We connected so vast and so pure and so deep and so intimate, but we kept sex out of it. And that's where true love lives. Now, I want to really quick tap back into the actual committed relationship couples. When you think about a couple, they, if they live together, or even if they don't live together, but they're boyfriend, girlfriend, they're committed, and they're monogamous, and they're like in that relationship, that container of that partnership, you have 24 hours in a day. If you sleep eight hours of a day, that means you have 16 waking hours. In your 16 waking hours, you're going to use the bathroom, cook food, do some errands, clean your house, do some chores, go to work, do whatever. So you have certain pockets of time where you're going to interact with your partner. When you're interacting with your partner on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, sometimes you will and sometimes you won't have sex. But the true connection of that partnership is in the interaction that you have with each other outside of the sexual time. That's where you love the person, when you show your affection and your care. You do little gestures like you hold the door or you pull out the chair or you fill up their cup of water or you cook their favorite food or you rub their back and you ask them how their day went. That's what true love looks like in a partnership. That true love can also be available without that partnership of, do we agree to have sex with each other? Yeah. Okay. Well, then if we agree to have sex with each other, then we have to have all these other things. You don't. You don't have to have all those other things just because you're having sex with someone. So if you take sex out of the equation, what are you left with? You're left with the love part, the affectionate part, the intimacy part. Now let's go to the place where you're not in a committed partnership container. Neighbor Bob. Can you have love for neighbor Bob? Can you be intimate with neighbor Bob? Yes, you can. Is neighbor Bob ready to be intimate with you? Maybe not. That might really challenge neighbor Bob. If you get intimate with neighbor Bob, he might want to go sexual with it. So then you got to be like, okay, hold on, neighbor Bob. I'm not looking for sex. I'm looking for love. 
I want to be love with someone. Neighbor Bob, would you like to be love with me and not have sex on the table? Now you leave it up to neighbor Bob to accept that or not. Because I did, you know, I have noticed some people, they have to have all. And if they can't have all, that's where they let sex get in the way of love. And that's why sex is not love. Sex versus love. I've had women who have opened up to me and loved me, not the two that I just mentioned that I went on my road trip, because they were, we were very clear on what we were doing with each other, but others who I have shared love with, and then when they wanted a relationship or they wanted to get sexual, and I said no to that, they were like, well, then I can't have you in my life. And then I got ghosted, because it was hard for them to receive love without the promise of sex or romance. And society has done that because, like you said, because of our history now... When you see love and it's right there in front of you and you want it, you get triggered with all the history of what's behind it. First Mm -hmm. thing, sexuality has to be sex. So it's important to distinguish that sex is not love. But love is available everywhere. So much. Wow. I feel triggered as fuck, (laughs) as usually when when I speak with you. Um... Because, yeah, on the one side, I imagine if if I was to be the loving, like, I am the loving person that, that you are and that you just portrayed here. But especially here now where I live in rural Alberta, I know I have to dim my light because mm-hmm. it triggers people. It gives people a wrong impression and, and they think sex right away and um this is why i feel triggered because i'm like yeah i know like everything you say is right and it feels so good yet i know i cannot live it quite yet because maybe i don't own it enough or maybe i don't trust people around me enough um this is why my conversations with you are always so like i learned so much from you but also about myself and where I would love to grow more and I hope it is the same for the listeners yeah like you're not alone if you felt triggered by Adrian Um, but he is really bringing out living what we can all like we all have the potential and uh, we just have to allow it and and feel safe with it again and um, see like first of all be aware that love and sexuality is very fear-driven very controlled right now and being aware of that is is a big step already and then to get to where adrian is at is uh (laughs) is the end boss so to say um (laughs) Like, I love how you put it into words and, and I love how you, yeah, make it very clear. It resonates, everything you say, it, it resonates with my heart. And um, yeah, this is why you are here because I feel more people have to listen to that, have to feel that energy and trust again. I think it's a lot about trust. Um, yeah, is there... Absolutely. Any closing words that you would like the listeners to take into their days? Um, We have a couple minutes left here. Okay, yeah. So here's how I do it. 
here's how I put this into actual lifestyle. I know that I want love and I gave you an example of how I go out and get it. I also know it takes, it took and even still takes a lot of self-reflection. What am I driving for? What do I want? I have to be very clear with myself what I want because if I show up in a situation with a person and I'm stumbling through it, I'm not very clear on what road I'm traveling. And then I can get into somebody else's world and now we're available for accidents to happen. So I have to be very clear what I'm looking for. And if I don't know that, and then I go and engage with someone, whether it's a stranger on the street or somebody that I want to go out and have coffee with, you know, I could turn that into a hazard. So I had to get very clear with myself on what I wanted. So to be very clear, ask yourself, what are you looking for? If you're looking for a romantic partnership, then do that and have your heart set on that and make that your focus. At the same time, you don't need to stop yourself from receiving love from people that you're not sexually interested in. It's still available. In that world, if you are going to open yourself up to love and you have on one hand, I'm looking for a romantic partnership. And then on the other hand, I'm looking for good, nurturing, connected, intimate relationships that are love-based, heart-centered consciousness. You have to know that within yourself and then distinguish the two so you're not getting lost when you're engaging with new people. Be very secure within yourself so you're not looking for someone else to draw your security from. Mm. So that's the thing. Now, you know, I'm not looking, I'm not conditionalizing my love on anybody else. Now I'm very solid and grounded in my own sense of love, my own sense of value. Now when I show up for someone else, I can put them in the category of is it romantic or is it is it um, uh, intimate connection, deep, loving, intimate connection, and distinguish the two. Because then if I can keep myself focused and my intentions pure and clear, then I'm not going to misguide the other person. And I'm not going to set them up for a situation that's maybe unspoken and we're not now now we're assuming what the other one wants i'm going to be very clear right away up front what i feel i'm capable of with this person now there's no misconstrued messages and that's part of the practice to be very clear and communicative but in order to do that you have to get yourself right and you have to know what it is you are looking for then you need to be very respectful for other people's boundaries because just because i'm available for love whether it's going to be romantic or just a nurtured friendship, a loving friendship, that doesn't mean everyone's ready for that. And so I hold their boundaries and my boundaries very consciously. So when I show up and I'm this big ball of beaming love, if they're not ready to receive it, I just pay attention to where I see their triggers, when I see them triggered, and then I don't shrink my light. I just honor them and say, okay, that is enough for you. And then I let them draw their own safety for themselves without trying to push further. Like, hey, we're supposed to be loved. Come be loved with me. Be loved with me. Well, if they're not ready for that, I'm not going to try to force them into that because then it's going to trigger them and shrink them back. That's going to ruin their memory of that experience. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that expression, holding space for people. Mm -hmm. You're holding space for someone because you're in such an empowered place that you can make it available. And then I can move and I can dance with their emotional rhythm and not overstep their boundaries where they're not even paying attention to their own boundaries. Yeah. And that's how I'm able to show up with love for others and not take on the responsibility of their triggers, but just see, okay, we've gone far enough. This is how much they can share. Now I'm going to pull it back a little bit, or I'm just going to like 
vibrated on a level that's more safe and secure for them. And then we part ways or we just shift the relationship to whatever. But then being, because I'm paying attention, I will get verbal with them. You know, I'll make it very clear, like, how are you feeling? Is this okay? Would you like to move in any direction? And that's just giving them that honor. And so when you talk about being in a place where you, your, your neighborhood, where you live, and how that's not really available for you because they want to go to sex, just really saying out loud, hey, I would love to be friends. Mm. I would love to connect with you and have a good friendship, but I'm not interested in sex. Would you like that? And you give them the opportunity to say, you know what? I would like a brand new good friend that I can really open up to and laugh and cry with. Yes, even though I'm sexually attracted to you, if you're not there, let's not stop the flow of love just because of that. Mm-hmm. Ah, this is so beautiful. And and what I take away from it is the empowerment, the clarity, the confidence with yourself. That is work mm -hmm. that you can do already. Yeah. Even if you are in lockdown, even if you right. are, you know, in a weird situation right now, this is work that you can do right now when you switch off that podcast. And then it will shift all your relationships that you have already. They will Absolutely. basically improve or fall off if they were not meant to be in your life. And, and that is so critical to be clear with yourself. And then with that clarity, approach another person and then respect where they are at. Because a lot of times I see uh that we believe oh yeah we're so loving now we're so perfect so of course the other person should be ready and and wanted to and if they're not we're going to push these weird expectations and guilt tripping on them no this is not how it goes and um yeah beautifully said gosh i think we aced this episode thank you so much That's great You're welcome a lot. I'm happy to be able to get this message out and these lifestyles and these ways of thinking so people can really, like it's like I said, it's important. Let's let love shine. And how can we do that? And where was it hung up? And how can we further it? And how can we be it and then live it? Yeah. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for, yeah. Being here, shining your light, not holding back. And yeah, I'm very happy to have this platform here to, to have a stage for you where we will hopefully reach many, many people and bring lots of value to them. Thank you so much. Thank you, Aurora. <laughs>